Uh, well, welcome to this webinar uh, focusing on Toronto as one of the financial centres of the world. Um, and we have an opportunity today to just get some insight into uh, recent developments um, in Toronto and um, some uh, views direct from those working in Toronto about the strengths of the financial centre there. Um, in particular, we're hearing today from Jennifer Reynolds, the President and CEO of Toronto Finance International, uh, from Robert Peterman, Vice President Global Business Development at Toronto Stock Exchange, and we have Professor Michael Manelli, uh, the Executive Chairman of CEN, on the line as well. Um, we'll have uh, presentations uh, for you, uh, followed by time for question and answers towards the end of the session. Um, for those of you who haven't been on one of our webinars before, you'll see that there's a question box um, on the dashboard uh, for the GoToWebinar system where you can type in your questions. Um, please keep them coming throughout the session um, and then we'll pick up at the end and answer as many as we can. Um, so without further ado, and looking, very, <clears throat> looking forward very much to hearing um, from our presenters today, um, I want to pass over to Jennifer Reynolds. Um, over to you, Jennifer. <coughs> Great, thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to be here today. Um, just very quickly for those of you who uh, don't know uh, Toronto Finance International, uh, we're a public-private partnership between uh, the government in Canada and the financial sector, and we're led by uh, the Ministers of Finance uh, for Ontario and Canada, and the, the CEO is the largest financial institutions. And our mission is to promote the Toronto Financial Centre uh, and to uh, focus on areas which go to growth and competitiveness, which I'll talk a little bit about in this presentation. So I'm gonna kick things off just for those uh, on the line who um, don't know Toronto as well, just with a few high level facts about the financial sector uh, and the city itself. Uh, so this quick snapshot here uh, on this slide provides a few key statistics. I think we are certainly known for a very stable banking system here in Canada, uh, but we also have very sizable insurance industry and pension fund in industry, about 10 trillion in assets. Um, in terms of under management there. Uh, we're the second largest financial center in North America. Uh, often people don't know the size of the city itself. It's fourth largest in North America as well. Um, and the other interesting thing about Toronto is we are also the second largest technology cluster in North America. So clearly with the innovation happening in the industry, with the growth of FinTech, uh, particularly in, in the face of COVID, the digitalization of the industry is only increasing at a more rapid rate. That tech pool of talent has been very valuable and a key factor in us being able to grow uh, the fintech ecosystem here as well, which I'll talk a bit more about. In terms of employment in Toronto, uh, we have the highest, uh, one of the highest concentrations of, of people working in the financials uh, sector, higher than London and, and New York. Um, and the growth there has been tremendous. It's been our highest growth um, sector in terms of employment growth uh, here in Canada uh, over the last 10 years or so. The tech sector also, as I mentioned, a lot of job growth there. Last year we had higher job growth in our tech sector here in the region than uh, the Washington and Seattle uh, area and the Bay Area and San Francisco uh, and Washington all together. So that growth has really been interesting to see and an exciting part of the city. Um, and I'll just finish off with one last stat on this particular page. Um, the financial sector is really critical to the Canadian economy. People always think about resources when they think about Canada and that's clearly important, but uh, our financial services sector is about 7% of GDP and uh, half of our FDI is accounted for by um, the financial services sector. So I'll just flip forward into the next uh, slide here and delve a little bit deeper into uh, some of these specifics on uh, the different parts of the, the financial sector. 
clearly stable banking sector, well, very well known in terms of one of the most stable in the OECD. Uh, our five largest banks are within the top 100. RBC is our largest. It's the 23rd largest bank uh, globally. Uh, market cap, the growth in the banking sector has been tremendous. As I mentioned, market cap has more than doubled uh, over the last 10 years. So uh, it, it's been a very strong performer for us generally and a strong uh, employer uh, here in, in, in Canada. Uh, the next slide, we're going to talk a bit about the uh, insurance uh, industry. The insurance industry is also a key pillar for us uh, within the financial services sector here in Canada. Uh, our two largest, Manulife and Sun Life, I think are, are known globally. Uh, in their case, 76% uh, and 63% respectively of their earnings are from outside of Canada. So these are global players. Uh, in the insurance industry, and we're, we actually have three of the top 15 uh, globally here. So a very important part of the industry as well for us. Um, and I'll talk next on the next slide about the pension fund uh, segment here in Canada. I think our, our pension funds are actually quite well known globally. They are top investors uh, as we go around the globe. Uh, in terms of uh, just overall assets under management, I mentioned before it's about 10 trillion. Uh, and in terms of our pension funds alone, uh, we're third ranked in terms of OECD uh, countries. So it's uh, certainly people are not surprised when they see Canadian pension funds showing up uh, uh, for particular auctions around the world for assets. So uh, the other piece I wanted to focus on today is, you know, that's sort of the traditional side of the industry. If we flip forward to the next slide, uh, I wanted to delve into a little bit more about that, that innovation story within the Toronto Financial Centre, because that is a critical piece for any financial centre today, is what's happening there. Um, before I jump to that quickly on the Toronto Stock Exchange, which Robert is going to speak to after myself, uh, just a couple stats I'll give you here. Number one, top globally in mining, which I think is a stat people do know, but also top uh, in terms of uh, clean tech listings, uh, which is perhaps a statistic that's not as well known. Um, we also are very focused on international listings, which I'm going to leave to Robert to talk about. Uh, and I'll move to the next slide, uh, which delves into that innovation piece that I was talking about. Um, clearly, we've you know benefited from those two talent pools that I was talking about, the tech talent and then the financial services talent. Um, so that has produced 118% growth rate in our uh, fintech investment, which has been great to see. We've seen uh, venture capital firms um, pop up that are very focused on fintech specifically. If you look at fintech investment in Canada, Close to half the deals actually would have attracted U.S. capital as well. So we're starting to attract capital, not just from within Canada to the sector. There's a recognition that we've got some really interesting things going on here. Um, in terms of density of startups, we have second highest density of startups uh, in the Toronto region. And AI in particular is what I'm going to focus in on uh, in the next slide here. Uh, AI has been something that uh, Canada has been very focused on. There's been a... Um, investment at the federal level, but we've also seen a tremendous amount of talent through uh, the universities, incubators, and accelerators uh, really focus on developing that talent. So, you know, we've attracted about $3 billion in investment to AI and 50,000 jobs uh, recently. So this is a, an area that we're focused on, and in terms of how we rank globally, we're fourth globally according to the Global AI Index. Uh, in terms of our, our AI uh, sector ranking. So um, I'll flip, flip to the next slide and just give you a, a little bit of a feel for what's happening. Clearly, we've got the startup community, uh, which has helped boost that and, and the talent piece. Um, but now we're seeing global firms come here for that talent, uh, recognizing the expertise. And uh, you can see the, the, the very well-known names on the page here where they're setting up their AI innovation hubs here in the Toronto region to take advantage of talent and to take advantage of just what's happening generally. 
uh, in the area. So it's an, an exciting space and we're really pleased with the talent we're attracting here and the talent we're developing. So I'll flip to the next slide and talk a bit more about what's happening. Other areas, just very briefly, uh, quantum, a lot of investment there in the region as well. Blockchain, many, many financial centers focused on. We certainly are as well. Cybersecurity is critical for any financial services center. Um, we really have worked to develop talent on that side too. We've got many, many programs within the universities really trying to fill that gap. We all know we have a cybersecurity gap in terms of talent and, and we're very focused on growing that, uh, that talent pool and, and it's working, we're starting to see the effects there. So if you flip to the next slide, I'll talk a bit about um, the, uh, the workforce here. So in terms of highly educated workforce, there's no doubt about it. It's amongst the highest in terms of degrees for uh, amongst OECD countries. Um, and you can see on this slide here, just give you a feel for how we stack up in terms of uh, university educated people within uh, relative to other large, uh, uh, large uh, cities within North America. And I'll move to the next slide. The other element that uh, really has helped us from a talent perspective is uh, the fact that we um, have uh, our global talent access program. So effectively we put in place about a year ago, a way to get, get that talent in here as, as quickly as possible. So nationally we have a program which streamlines the application process It's a two week um, process and we're getting people into the country very quickly uh, with uh, the skills that we're looking for here. So that's been a great contributor to our talent pool here. It's a very, very, uh, international city. Uh, diversity is something that uh, is very important to the city and I'll talk a bit more about that later. But if you flip to the next slide, um, in terms of cost, clearly that's important for anyone looking to come to this market. We stack up very well in terms of whether that's uh, labor and benefits, whether that's transportation services, digital services. Uh, costs are advantageous in the region. Uh, we have a great healthcare system it's a universal uh, system, so folks benefit from that as well when they're when they're here. And if you flip to the next page, it'll give you a feel for some of the costs uh, relative to some other um, cities, financial centers here. You can see uh, this is operational costs, occupancy cost per workstation, um, and Toronto stacks up very well uh, on that front as well. So I'll flip to the next slide. And just very briefly, clearly the regulation regulatory environment is critical uh, to coming to a new market and certainly the financial services sector uh, increasingly important with the changes we need to see with innovation and technology changing the industry. There's been work at our federal level uh, around regulation. There's been work on open banking that's taking place as well. Uh, we're modernizing our payment system here too. Uh, we do have a regulatory sandbox as well. Uh, so we're doing uh, many, many things from a regulatory environment to make, uh, make it attractive here for those coming to grow their business here uh, in the region. And if you can flip to the next slide. Last uh, point I just wanted to make is about diversity. It's clearly a, a hot topic, uh, certainly uh, in the US, but I think globally right now, a real focus on diversity. For us in Canada, uh, immigration is a solution. Uh, we, we are clearly very focused on that in terms of our economic development strategy. Uh, over 50% of the people who live here in Toronto uh, are, were not born in Canada. And so this is something we uh, are known to attract, uh, you know, attract immigration here and make it to a friendly environment. So a very different sort of dynamic than we're seeing in other countries, certainly. Uh, and it's a livable city. We're ranked seventh in terms of most uh, livable cities right now. So I will leave it at that in terms of a very quick overview of the Toronto Financial Centre and now let uh, 
Rob delve uh, more specifically into the exchange. Great. Um, uh, thank thanks you very, very much. much. I'll over to Robert. Thanks very much, Jennifer. I, I um, you know, maybe we'll just follow that on with a couple of quick comments. We're lucky at Toronto Stock Exchange and and TSX Venture Exchange to be part of uh, the fabric of Toronto and 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 Canada um, more generally. And I think one of the things we find a lot when people visit Toronto is they're impressed uh, with the diversity, the the cultural diversity around this city, and also. Um, the accessibility of it. So the ability to move around this city and meet with financial market participants. I think that's one thing that uh, a lot of international visitors take away from, from Toronto when they come and, and visit. Um, so I'm here to speak today about the Toronto Stock Exchange and TSX Venture Exchange. And we think this uh, is one element of the of the Canadian financial ecosystem and, and one that we're very, very proud to be a part of. I think when um, we go out around the world and, and I'm fortunate enough to have a global team and, and get the chance to, to visit a, a lot of places around the world, um, as a as a marketplace, we're known for two things generally. And, and today what I wanna do is, is extend beyond those things, but Globally, uh, we're recognized, uh, one, for our expertise around uh, resources. Uh, investors recognize the growing uh, investment opportunities around renewable energy and uh, an emerging sector like cannabis uh, have become global opportunities in Canada. The other thing that we're known for around the world is our two-tier market ecosystem. So we have the Toronto Stock Exchange and the TSX Venture Exchange. And one of the things that is very different about our ecosystem is that our number one source of new listings on the Toronto Stock Exchange are those companies that are graduating from the TSX Venture Exchange. So those companies that are nurtured at an earlier stage and then graduate to the Toronto Stock Exchange. So one of the things that is very unique about the Canadian financial markets is that ability uh, to nurture companies uh, through their complete life cycle. So if we could advance to the next slide, please. Um, so when we, you know, two things I would want people to take away uh, about uh, the TSX and the TSX Venture Exchange Jennifer mentioned this, but one is economic and political stability. So when companies are looking at a place to go public, uh, an ecosystem to be part of, that financial and political stability is very important and something that draws people to Toronto, it draws people to Canada. The other part of it that I would want people to remember is there's a very unique ecosystem here. I think it, it's unique globally in its ability to support companies at an earlier stage uh, than we tend to find almost anywhere else in the world. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as I go. So next slide, please. So I think this slide's important just in terms of placing us on a global scale. So when you look all around the world at the equity capital that's been raised everywhere, over the last five years, Canada um, shows up as third on that list. The US exchanges are first, 
the Chinese exchanges are second, and then Canada with TSX and TSX Venture Exchange is third in the world for equity capital raised over a five-year period. So we like to say that Toronto and, and Canada punches way above its weight class. Um, in terms of population, we'd be about 30th um, in the world. So there's definitely a global marketplace here that's supported by more than just uh, the Canadian investor base. Uh, next slide, please. So as I mentioned, we're often recognized globally when we go out in the world for our expertise around mining, and that's something that, that we're very proud of. Um, but as Jennifer mentioned, you know, when you think about the reality of the market, it's a, our entire market's about $3 trillion in total market capitalization. The biggest component of that is actually financial services. So the Canadian banks, Canadian uh, insurance companies. So we have a very big marketplace and, and there are a lot of global elements to that. Um, one of the other things we'll spend a little bit of time talking about is the growth we're seeing around our technology sector. So we're very proud uh, of the growth in the technology sector. So the growing investor base and, and growing issuer base we have in that category. Um, next slide, please. So I spoke about um, the diversified stock list that we have, and, and I wanted to just take a moment and introduce you a little bit to the investor base in Canada. So um, on this slide, you'll see some uh, very well-known institutional investors. Uh, we find everywhere we go around uh, the world, the, the Canadian investor base is recognized, uh, particularly for its expertise around the, the pension world. Um, so we have a very strong institutional investor base in, in Canada. And this is a look at um, 20 of those institutions with about $5 trillion in assets under management. But another part of our investor base that I think is really important for people to understand is the retail investor base. Um, over 50% of Canadians directly own a stock. And in our two-tier market ecosystem, Retail investor participation is a, is a very important element of supporting earlier stage companies and giving them a chance to finance and grow and, and, and have trading. So one, the other element of our investor base that's very important is the Canadian retail investor base. And we engage with retail investors, not just in Canada, but in the US and all around the world. Um, next slide, please. So a little bit about that trading. And, and again, when companies come uh, to the Toronto Stock Exchange and the TSX Venture Exchange, they're getting exposure to global investors. So while the Canadian investor base is, is the core uh, of our marketplace, global investors and global trading are also a very important part of that. And on any given day, about 40 to 50% of the trading in our market comes from outside of Canada, and the most uh, dominant part of that is from the US. And one of the things that is unique about Canada is our integration with the US securities system. So we have seamless clearing of securities across 
the Canadian and U.S. borders, and that allows for um, companies and investors to to trade across both our markets and the the markets in the U.S., like New York Stock Exchange and Nasdaq, and and creates opportunities for investors to tap into both marketplaces as well. Um, next slide, please. So, you know, I I think Jennifer and I both look forward to taking some questions and, and engaging with you about Toronto, uh, about Toronto Stock Exchange, but um, wanted uh, to talk to you about two sectors in particular, just to, to give you a little more insight into TSX and TSX Venture Exchange, what makes us unique. And uh, to do that, I wanted to talk a little bit about the mining sector, which we're known for globally and which right now is uh, garnering a lot of interest around the world. Uh, and then secondly, talk to you a little bit about the innovation sector. And, and this is something that we're very proud of based on the growth we're seeing and the performance of the companies on our marketplace. So next slide, please. So the mining sector, we'll move forward one more slide. So the mining sector is something we're known for globally. If you look all around the world at every dollar raised, 53% um, of the global financings are completed on our market. We account for close to 40% of every dollar raised globally in the mining sector. So there's a lot of uh, reasons for companies to look at this place to come and to raise capital and be part of uh, this investor base. And what really makes our mining sector work very well is the entire ecosystem that surrounds it. And that includes a regulatory infrastructure um, that is well known for creating mining reports that allow investors to compare companies across, allow companies to compare different uh, different mining projects uh, in the best possible way. And that's called National Instrument 43101. And that expertise is underpinned, of course, by geologists at the stock exchange, at the regulators, at all of the investment banks. And that creates that comfort level for investors to come and look uh, at opportunities all around the world. Next slide, please. So this is just a snapshot. Um, we have a lot of mining companies participating all over the world. This is a snapshot of South America. Uh, we have close to 500 uh, mining companies doing business in Latin America, raising capital, uh, building out new projects. So as global investors look at ways of, of participating in anything from battery metals projects to gold projects uh, in many countries around the world, they're going to naturally come to the Toronto Stock Exchange and the TSX Venture Exchange to participate in those opportunities. Next slide, please. So shifting uh, to the innovation sector, I'll get right to the next slide. Um, let's talk about the innovation sector really quickly and then uh, look forward uh, to fielding questions from, from the audience. So, over the last five years, our number one category for new listings has been the innovation sector. So if you go back over the last um, 
the last five years, we've had over 200 new innovation sector companies come to this market. And those companies are innovation companies as a group uh, over that same period have raised $45 billion in capital. And what we're seeing uh, around that is a growth in the investor base, uh, a growth in the types of companies and, and categories of companies that are looking to come here. So if we can switch to the next slide. So this slide shows um, something that we're very proud of, which is the performance of the innovation sector companies in Toronto. And, and when you look at that five-year return number for the, the S&P TSX capped information technology index at, at 28%, um, you can see that, that those types of returns are something that, that should uh, get investors interested. Uh, and bring global investors to this marketplace. So the performance of those companies has been very strong, and that is a tremendously important building block for us in terms of seeing the investor base grow uh, and creating an ecosystem where technology companies can really thrive. So next slide, please. So when we talk about innovation, we think about technology, we think about clean tech and renewables, and we think about life sciences. And um, maybe just highlight two things on this page. Um, one is Shopify. Um, Shopify became the largest company in Canada this year. It's an Ottawa-based company that, that did an IPO about five years ago. It's grown uh, tremendously. Uh, over those five years. So very nice to have a global leader uh, in, in the Canadian uh, technology space. Um, the other category I'd like to speak about a little bit is renewables. And this is something we spend a lot of time globally speaking about uh, running investor conferences. Uh, we believe that Toronto Stock Exchange has the best uh, list of pure play renewable companies of, of any exchange group in the world. Um, a lot of interesting pure play renewable energy companies that are leading our clean technology sector. So um, in a world where uh, people are, are more and more interested in, in ESG and, and a very important market factor, when you have companies um, that are, are leading the energy movement towards, uh, towards uh, lower carbon energy solutions, um, both in terms of providing the materials uh, for that and the actual renewable energy. Um, that's something we're very proud of and a, and a global strength uh, for Canada and Toronto that uh, we look to build on. And, and a lot of our renewable energy companies are, are very active uh, doing acquisitions all over the world right now. Um, so my last slide, um, this is, you know, because we're speaking to to an international audience, this is an example uh, of a an Italian company uh, in the uh, e-learning space that did an IPO uh, on the TSX in, in 2019. And um, what I think is important about it is uh, it's a, a great company with an exciting technology, but 
it had the opportunity in Toronto to go public at an earlier stage than it would have almost anywhere else in the world because of our ecosystem's ability to support uh, companies at an earlier stage. So um, we look forward to seeing this company grow like many other innovation companies. But what we think makes us unique is our ability to support these companies, not just when they're big, large uh, uh, companies, but also at an earlier stage and providing that access to capital and liquidity for their shareholders. So um, I think I can move to my last slide. So just, you know, in closing, uh, hopefully I've shared some of the points that make uh, TSX and TSX Venture Exchange unique globally. Uh, the last thing I would like to leave you with is, is just sort of how globally we've structured our team. So as we've been growing uh, and seeing more interest from international companies in the, in the unique offering that, that Toronto has as a, a financial sector and a listings venue, we've become an increasingly global team to support that and having people on the ground in South America Tel Aviv, London, um, and in the US, these are all factors that uh, are critical for us in terms of building uh, this marketplace and, and working directly on the ground with stakeholders in all of those markets. So um, thank you very much for uh, listening to this presentation. Um, I look forward to uh, answering some questions with Jennifer about uh, Toronto and the, the financial center um, that surrounds Toronto Stock Exchange. Great. Well, thank you well, very thank much. You very much. Yeah. Uh, Mike asked me to make a, just a couple of comments to put things uh, into a bit of perspective. Um, and I, I only want to take uh, sort of 90 seconds. I, I think Probably one of the things is looking at uh, Toronto from the outside, and we've been tracking Toronto for some 15 years. It's been an extremely impressive journey that you've made. And in the Global Financial Centers Index, whilst your rankings have bounced around a lot, and that's because the competition over the last 15 years has grown enormously from an initial 55 centers to the addition we'll be publishing in a couple of weeks, we'll have 110 centers in it. So we've seen people coming in from the sides, but uh, Toronto has consistently improved in the ratings as this slide shows, uh, but tremendous competition out there. The second thing I'd, I'd like to draw attention to, particularly for people from outside and given the politics in North America, uh, one, one could argue your focus there on clean tech and renewables, Robert, is absolutely fascinating, I think, for people out here in the audience looking at where it's going to go. Uh, when I was traveling, uh, for the first time on, on work, anyway, to Toronto. I remember thinking of you solely as a mining uh, oil, natural resources, as you say, and the branching out into innovation, into clean tech and renewables and other sectors is absolutely superb. In our studies on the green financial centers, Toronto comes up at the moment uh, 14 for depth, which is not surprising given it's a very strong uh, center depth indicating effectively the ability to get good advice and quality stuff. But it also comes up 17 on quality, which is a bit of, do you walk the talk? Uh, do you really think about green? And outside of Western Europe, 
that is a particular strength where the European centers seem to have grasped this. So looking at politics ahead, a possible change of regime in America, uh, one could argue that there's some possibilities here uh, for it to grow, to grow further. I might also finally point out to uh, a lot of the audience, many of whom come from nations where the financial center is equivalent to the capital, uh, Toronto exists in a quite a vibrant ecosystem in Canada uh, with Montreal, Calgary, uh, Vancouver nipping at the heels in the same way that we see that vibrancy in the United States where again competition between the centers seems to result in benefits for the ecosystem as a whole as opposed to necessarily focusing on national champions. Um, funnily enough, um, I, I was trying to think of something to conclude on uh, and I remembered that back at the time of the Athens Olympics in 2004, a Canadian diplomat was caught out lamenting Canada's poor performance in medals. And he said, this was the problem with Canada. We were quite happy to just make do and not really strive to succeed. And he called it a passion for bronze. Uh, and I saw you there in third place uh, uh, in, in, the, in the listings. And I thought to myself, You've come a long way and you're going to go a lot further and i don't think uh, that statement is at all true and I, I admire what you've done thank you well uh, thank you all three of you um so time for questions um audience members if you um, have a question please do uh, put it in the box um but the first uh, issue is um just thinking about the current uh, state of the world in terms of the pandemic um you know, where do you where do you see um, the financial center going over the next year? Um, what are going to be the effects of both economically and on you know, business business continuity and business delivery um, of you know, the current situation? Uh, I know it's crystal ball gazing, um, but if you could give us some thoughts about where you think things are going. Yeah, I mean, I would say broadly in the financial sector. Um, uh, you know, it's a very different situation generally with COVID-19 uh, in Canada versus the U.S. I'll make that statement right away. I think people are aware of that. Um, you know, in terms, though, of the financial services sector approach here, it's going to be, uh, it is, and it's, I think it will continue to be conservative in terms of getting people back to the office. I think that, um, you know, the, the financial services sector wants to act very responsibly here uh, about ke keeping people safe. And we've also been working very effectively at home, um, just like every other financial center, we all of a sudden realized that folks in the trading floor, for instance, could actually function quite well uh, from home. And so I, I think there's so there's no no rush at this point for us to um, all head back to the towers. It will happen eventually, but it's going to happen in a, in a gradual and safe way. Um, in terms of the impact on the economy, as you know, I mean, we don't have a crystal ball. Uh, we're seeing people certainly get back to work uh, in larger numbers here in Canada, which is is great to see. Um, the financial services sector, just to, um, to make one statement there, we that broadly uh, made the statement that they would not let anyone go in 2020. So they've made a commitment to employment here in Canada, and I think that's the statement about the sector generally. Um, but, uh, you know, we certainly, um, 2021 will be a very important year. We had lots of deferrals given on mortgages. We've had relief for small business. We've had relief for large business. Um, and so we're, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in 2021 um, in terms of, you know, can we get the economy revved up so that people can bounce back. Um, but Rob, I'm sure you might have some different perspectives from the exchange as well. Yeah, maybe, you know, make a couple comments just from the exchange perspective, I think like everyone, 
we're looking at, at the different changes that are happening and which ones will stay and 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 which ones will you know what what things might go back at, at some point or other I think two things that that we have focused on at least in our world is you know one how banks will do due diligence on companies uh, in a world where there's less mobility and I think what we're seeing is that generally uh, the banks are have been pretty good at figuring that out uh, through different partnerships, through using technology. Um, so uh, I think that remains challenging, but it's something that uh, the banks have done pretty well. And we've seen most of the financial sector participants adjust uh, pretty quickly uh, to working remotely. Um, the other thing that we've seen, and I think this one's a lot more positive, is just the ability when you're doing a roadshow now, raising capital, that ability um, for the, the team doing that to be doing it from their basement and staying uh, in their homes, um, reducing their carbon footprint, um, doing these meetings, not, you know, because you're in New York, um, you take the best meetings that that will fill up the calendar. And, and so we're seeing some uh, new efficiencies around uh, raising capital and, and accessing new investors. And I think um, that is uh, definitely a positive trend uh, that, that has come out of this. And I, and I suspect something that firms will adapt into their, um, into their, into the way they work going forward to some degree. Thank you very much. I'd like to move on to another point, um, a question from Henry Tillman, who's a close observer of the international scene. Um, it's just sort of commenting that many young people are returning from the USA to Toronto, um, but there's a question about housing availability and cost um, and the effect of that, particularly on young people and people working in tech. Um, has that improved over the last few months, is his question? Is, is there, are there signs of improvement? I think, it, you know, it's... What we've seen is Toronto, obviously, um, you know, housing prices have gone up significantly. There's there's no doubt about it. When you compare it to other international financial centers, to be clear, our housing costs are much, much lower. Our rental costs would be much, much lower than uh, other international financial centers, you know, in, in the top 10, so to speak. Um, but having said that, I think what we've seen is, um, and I think, ironically, with the pandemic, we've seen, you know, all the sort of communities around Toronto grow. Um, and now, you know, with this change in work that we're talking about and being able to work from home, I think we'll just see that continue. Uh, so I think those um, sort of sister communities around will continue to grow. Just to give you one example, the Kitchener-Waterloo corridor, which is west of the city of Toronto, is where we see a lot of the tech activity. Um, and their housing prices are, are quite reasonable. Um, so a lot of the tech talent is, is ending up settling there. And that's, you know, sort of that Silicon Valley of the north. And that trend of people coming back, uh, a lot of them end up there, and some in Toronto as well, obviously. Um, but the rental market has also been improving recently, and very recently, so I think that dynamic will help uh, as well here. Uh, thanks very much. Um, a question from Karthik Patel, who's an investment advisor, um, saying that his clients always invest in the USA through feeder funds and haven't considered Canada as an investment destination. And his question is, how can we start it? How can we get it moving? Well, um, I think, you know, Jennifer can probably uh, 
add some ideas in terms of uh, there's other channels, but you know, in terms of um, the the Toronto Stock Exchange and the the TSX Venture Exchange, um, you know, access uh, to the markets, we're happy to to work with people on that. The you know, generally, um, you know, through brokerage accounts, uh, there's a pathway to investing in in TSX or TSX Venture Exchange companies either directly or in other cases that may be indirectly through um, products like exchange traded funds or things like that that would be available um, in your local market. That's great. Anything to add, Jennifer? Uh, no, I mean, I think Rob really has, has covered that point. I, I think, you know, the question is a good one, though. Any way that we're looking to make it easier to have people directly investing into to Canada is something that we certainly would be uh, absolutely we're, we're focused on. And if you think about just the government strategy as well, I mean, everybody's obsessed right now with the pandemic, but uh, historically, there's a big drive in Canada to drive you know, investment here to our market. Um, and we're certainly at, at uh, TFI very focused on that uh, as well. So that will that will continue. There's no no doubt um, as we get into post into the recovery phase. That's part of our recovery. And I think the the, the answer probably for Kartik is to get in touch um, and, and see where it goes. Yeah. Um, it, <clears throat> a comment from um, Angela Patel. Thank you very much. She says, with a very um, interesting, excellent presentations. Can you tell us more about the work of the quantum machine learning startup program at the CDL? Um, that's, that sounds particularly interesting. Yeah, we've seen quite a bit of investment there through in that region, in that Waterloo region, and in a couple of different institutions, one of which was mentioned. Um, and it actually, um, there's been a few different paths for that, some of its government funding. There was also uh, the prior co-founder of RIM, or Blackberry, Lazaridis. Mike Lazaridis has also been uh, a key person who has really tried to uh, who has funneled investment into that area. Um, so I think we've seen quite, a, I know we've seen, you know, over a billion go into that particular area over the last few years, and that's an increasing interest um, in Canada. So I think we'll see that continue. I think we've also managed to attract some great talent in terms of you know both academia and tech technology talent in that particular area. Um, so I always mention it because it does seem, and sometimes you think it's way off in the future, but you know I don't think it is something we all need to be thinking about. And I think you know there's a real potential for uh, for Canada, for our region to play a leadership role there too, and it isn't—it's happening certainly in the um, in that uh, Kitchener-Waterloo area as well. That investment, but we're also seeing quite a bit out in the West Coast as well in Vancouver. Okay, um, question really for Robert here, um, just uh, asking about the whether you've got current plans or exploratory discussions underway on the potential to extend the seamless capital market clearing relationship with the U.S. markets to include counterpart U.K. capital markets. Um, you know, I think those are things that that we, you know, definitely continue to think about and and look at uh, in terms of of clearing. I think, um, you know, I can say what we what we tr we don't have a lot of interlistings with uh, the London Stock Exchange. So we have some interlistings with the London Stock Exchange, um, but not as many. Um, and the the issues of of clearing between markets can be complicated because there are different structures and um, taxes and things like that between 
the two markets. So, um, you know, that ability to have seamless clearing is is a is a challenge, but it it's definitely something that we look at. Um, we focus, you know, particularly as an exchange on what are the rule sets that we should have um, to make the lives of those interlisted companies as as easy as possible. Um, so we have about a um, hundred companies interlisted with New York Stock Exchange. 50 with NASDAQ, um, and our next biggest partner for interlistings would be the ASX. Um, so uh, our, our first focus is always on trying to make sure that the rules that uh, the issuers are, are dealing with, um, blackout periods, things like that, um, are as integrated as possible. Um, and then, you know, the, the question of direct clearing links and things like that. Um, you know, they're, they're questions we look at, they're just very expensive solutions to implement uh, and depend on sort of volume of, of transactions between the regions. Thank you very much. Um, we're almost out of time, but we have a question, um, probably for, more for Jennifer. Um, what do you think are the biggest obstacles for Toronto in growing as a financial center? Yeah, I think one of our biggest ones is lack of awareness um, uh, around what we have going on in our market. And certainly that's, I spend a lot of my time combating that problem and, and at the TMX as well. I think a lot of folks are out there trying to tell tell the story uh, in a better way. I think we've got all the right things. Um, you know, we certainly are a top leading uh, global financial center, but it's not known what we have going on. And I think um, I think the other elements that, that are, that are quite special where is that technology story that I was speaking about earlier as well and Rob was talking about it as well. I think that is going to be a defining feature um, for our financial center is having that tech talent living right beside the financial services talent uh, as well. And I think, you know, another important thing is um, diversity and, and just the environment, the stability, the political stability, economic stability, uh, the welcoming of immigrants here in Canada, the, the you really to focus on diversity and how important it is. I think in today's world, uh, that's very important. Uh, and I think that is something special uh, and something that uh, hopefully will define us in an even greater way going forward. Well, thank you very much. Um, the, 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 there's a couple of other questions. I'm afraid uh, we are out of time, but I'll pass those on to you if I may um, after the event so you can get back Absolutely. to people individually. Um, someone's also asked whether you can get a copy of the slides. We will be um, following up this uh, event with an email which will uh, give you a link to where the slides are uh, downloadable. Um, so yes, that's certainly available. Um, and we, we have someone who just says, please pass on my thanks to the speakers for the fascinating talk and the focused answers to the questions. So I'll pass on those thanks uh, to you as part of this panel. Um, so it just remains for me to, uh, first of all, thank our sponsors. Um, the FS Club is very grateful to um, a whole range of sponsors who enable us to range far and wide over the fields of finance, technology and innovation uh, in these webinar series uh, and other work we do. Um, and so thank you very much to them. Uh, it's always uh, a pleasure um, to undertake these events and add value. Um, and finally, just to say a big thank you for you for attending. Um, a, a recording of the uh, webinar will be available after the event in a couple of days, and uh, in the email we'll send out afterwards, we'll make sure you have access to that. Um, don't forget, you can always take part in the Global Financial Centers Index uh, survey. Um, the next edition of the index is due 
uh, this September. Um, and I'm sure that uh, Jennifer will be watching, um, <laughs> as we all do, as to how the uh, rankings uh, come out in terms of Toronto's placement. So it just remains for me uh, to give a final thanks uh, to our panel today. Um, in a normal event, of course, we would have a large round of applause for you. Um, unfortunately, we can't organize that. So you'll just have to make do with me. But imagine that uh, multiplied many times. Um, and uh, with many thanks indeed uh, for the fascinating program uh, this morning, in your case, this afternoon, uh, where we are. So thank you very much indeed. Um, and we'll see you again at future events. Thank you. Bye-bye.